Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. You know, when Jesus told the disciples to get into the boat and to go to the other side, He didn't say go halfway across, the storm's going to sink you and you're going to wish you'd never followed me. (laughs) Amen. I mean, he didn't say that. He just said go to the other side. Nor did he tell them what the storm would be like or anything like that. He just showed up in the midst of it. Amen. And you know, in your life you may feel like you're in a storm. I know the, uh, we as a church have gone through several storms in, in our existence. And, and, and it's really not the storm you want to put emphasis on. It's getting to the other side. Everybody say, getting to the other side. So we're still, we're still in our, we're still in our uh, series, Faith for your life. Everybody say, faith for my life. And, and you've got to understand that if you're not living by faith, walking by faith, or I can, let me say it like this, if you're not attempting to serve God on some level, you're really not going to get attacked by the devil much. It's, it's just not, he just, he's, already, he's already got you off, you know, on uh, iniquity, sin, whatever it may be. He's already got you distracted, messed up. So he's not going to mess with you. But you know, it's those that make a decision to stand in faith, believe God. I'm amazed at the faith of Abraham. That took him 25 years to receive Isaac as his son and begin the process, actually begin the process of bringing redemption to the earth. And all of us as as believers have something we're believing God for. Amen? If you're believing God for something, wave your hand at me right now. So that's, that's the whole crowd. So we got a whole crowd of people here that's believing God for something, but also we got a whole crowd of people here that's probably being attacked by your adversary, trying to get you to quit, trying to get you to back off, trying to get you to stop. But I want you to know what happens if you quit back up or stop? Your problem doesn't go away. God doesn't answer your prayer. Well, they quit, so I'm going to answer, you know, give them what they want. No, he's not going to do that. God's not like that. So the thing to do is to be encouraged, to persevere, to press in, to continue to stand. And people will say this, well, how long do I have to stand? Well, you you have to stand as long uh, as it takes. So you don't have to stand anymore for that. Then there'll be something else to stand for. Then something else after that to stand for. You say, well, 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 I don't know if I want to live life like that. It's the greatest way to live life. The Bible says, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. And God strengthens us and empowers us by His Word and by His Spirit to get us through those times in which it's not so easy so that we can really appreciate the times when they are. Amen. Now, here in Galatians, we're going to start in Galatians first. Galatians... I'm just going to lift one scripture out of here. Verse, uh, uh, let's see, that's verse 9. Verse 9. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Uh, Amplified. Let me find it here in the Amplified. Let us not lose heart and grow weary and faint in acting nobly and doing right. For in due time... And at the appointed season, we shall reap if we do not loosen and relax our courage and faint or give up. Now, I looked up the word weary. I wanted to, to, because, you know, we we go, well, I've been weary. This is what it means. To be exhausted in strength and endurance and vigor, 
to lose your freshness and become stale, to lose your patience, your tolerance, and to have no pleasure because it is exhausted. <laughs> Let me read that again. All I got was three moans on that one. Let me try that one again. To be weary, to be exhausted in strength and endurance and vigor, to lose your freshness, to become stale, to lose your patience, your tolerance, and your pleasure becomes exhausted or you have no pleasure. How many want to get back to the pleasure place? How many want to get back to the pleasure place? Well, I believe we'll trust God and respond to Him this morning. We'll get back to the pleasure place. The Bible says, In His presence is fullness of joy, and at His right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Amen? Now, go, if you will, to the book of Isaiah. Then we'll go to Matthew and we'll see what the Holy Ghost will do. Amen? Isaiah chapter 40. I've been meditating on this. I like this. This is a good scripture. I've not preached it much. I'm going to preach this one more. I like it. It's a good scripture. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28. Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard, that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, feigneth not... Neither is weary, there is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might he increaseth strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young shall utterly fail. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Now here's a good catchphrase to meditate on today. God does not give up. I, I said God does not give up. There's no weariness in him. There's no give up in him. There's no a reduction of strength in him. There's nothing about him that gives up or quits. And I like this. I like it in the Let me read it in the Amplified. But those who wait on the Lord, who expect and look for and hope in him, now listen to this, shall change and renew their strength. One translation says, they shall make an exchange with God. This morning, Island Church is going to make an exchange with God. <laughs> Some of you are looking at me like, oh, I can't do that. I tell you, I'm, I'm tired and I'm weary and I'm about ready to give up. I barely made it to church this morning. I'm telling you, the devil's beating my brains out and you know, I don't know what to do about it. Listen, it's time for an exchange of strengths. Now listen to what it says. But all those who wait on the Lord, who expect, look, and hope in Him, shall change and renew their strength and power. They shall lift up their wings and mount up close to God as eagles mount up to the sun. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint or become tired. 
of you are beginning to realize what it means to live spiritually. Now let me say that again. Some of you are beginning to realize what it means to live spiritually with all of the pressure, with all the enemy wants to stop in your life, with everything that you are a threat to the kingdom of darkness, you're beginning to sense and feel. Pastor, I don't know. I've never served God on a level that I'm serving God on right now. I'm coming to prayer. I'm tithing and offering. I'm reading my scriptures. I'm reading my Bible. I'm coming to church. And i tell you what, I don't know why I feel so bad. I don't know why I feel so weary. I, don't, I do not know why I feel like I feel. It is because you are on your way across the Galilee. You are on your way to the place God says go to the other side. It's time for you to proceed to something else in your life that's bigger, that's better than you've ever seen in your life. My dad tells the story of a pastor up in central Texas who got sick. I mean sick unto death. And there was a, a, a pastor in Houston that pastored a, a church not only in Houston but also in Austin and he would every other week he'd, he'd, he'd go to Houston or Austin, Houston or Austin to, to preach in the churches. So he had heard of this, heard of this, uh, heard of this uh, uh, Assembly of God pastor that was sick, sick unto death. And so uh, uh, the, the, the pastor from Houston, he was, a, he was a black gentleman. He was a preacher. He was a preacher of the gospel. So he went to, to, to this, this man's house, didn't really know him, but went there and he went in and he saw him in the bed and all the attendants around his wife and everybody. And so he, he said, look, he walked in, he just kind of took charge, squared his shoulders, took charge. And he said, I want all you ladies, everybody to leave. Y'all just leave, get out. So just him and that other, him and that other preacher. So he pulled up a chair and sat next to the bed and he leaned over the preacher. He said, you been messing with any of the girls? He looked up and said, what? He said, you been messing with any of the girls in the church? He goes, no, absolutely not. He said, you been stealing out of the till? You been putting your hand in the offering? He goes, no, I've not been. He said, then why are you laying in this bed? He said, get up in Jesus' name. He said the guy got up, began to shout, began to dance, and was totally healed right there. You say, what do you mean? Sometimes if you've already done the inventory and you're not messing with the gals or the guys and you're not stealing and you're not cursing and you're not doing it, listen, it's just time to get up. I said, it's just time to get up in Jesus' name. It's time to make a decision. I ain't living like this anymore. I tell you, I'm not going to allow the devil to beat my brains out. Due season is right upon me. The birth pains of my miracle are upon me. I'm going to encourage myself in the Lord. I'm going to shout. I'm going to glorify. I don't care what I feel like. My feelings are not going to steal my miracle. I got to read this again. You got to hear this. Hast thou not known? Hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth? That's who you're serving. He's talking to people. It's hard to serve God. No, it's not. 
It's when you begin to waver. It's, begin, it's when you begin to pull back from the things of God. It's, where, it's when you begin to compromise the things that kept you in victory in your life that you begin to, well, you know, I don't know, I'm kind of tired. I don't, I don't, you know, we don't need to go to church on Wednesday night anymore. I tell you, it's just not, not no wonder you're wore out. Are people that come to prayer. I watch crowds. I watch people. And I could tell when people start backing off for stuff, they didn't see their faces in church. It's because you're backing off. You need to back back in. Run back in. Not back back in. You need to run back in. Get back into Wednesday night. Get back into prayer. Get back into church. Get back tithing. Get back offering. Get back praying. Get back what it was that was keeping you full of faith, full of joy, and full of victory. And get all these negative feelings off of you and begin to rejoice in the God of your salvation. He is the God. He is the creator. Now listen, he doesn't give up. Neither is he weary. He gives power to those wanting to give up. Now see, a lot of times, here's what will happen. The devil gets on this shoulder and says, now give up, give up, give up, give up, give up, give up. So you start kind of falling for that and start, you know, you kind of reluctantly start drifting that way, drifting that way, drift, and then, then, then you get over here in this discouraged area and the, then the devil gets on this shoulder and starts saying, you gave up, you gave up, you big old chicken. Now, now God hates you. Now you're full of sin and unrighteousness. That's what he does. But God says, I'm not mad at you because you get weary. That weariness may be a sign of your well-doing. Oh, come on, church. That weariness may be a sign that you are doing something right in the kingdom. That weariness may, be, may mean that you are putting pressure in areas you've never put pressure on before. You're believing bigger than you've ever believed God for before. You have a dream. You have a vision. You have a desire in your heart for God to do something greater than He's ever done. No wonder your adversary is trying to get you to quit and back off. It's because God put a desire in you bigger than you are. Mm -mm. Now back down to verse 31. But they that wait. Now listen to the word wait. I went and I did an exhaustive study of the word wait. Because you know, as far as I'm concerned, wait means wait. Kind of like the word and, you know. <laughs> wait. It's spelled with a Q and then an A with a little sign over it. And a V and another A with a little sign over it. And an H. That's how it's spelled in the Hebrew. Now listen to this. It means to bind together by twisting. To bind. So what does God want to do? He wants to bind together with you and twist into your life. To bind together by twisting, to gather together, and patiently tarry and wait for that which shall come upon you. See, where we begin to lose strength is we begin to become untwisted with God. Untwisted with the Word. Untwisted with prayer. Untwisted with all the things that God has put out there. Say, if you'll participate in this and this lifestyle, you'll get bigger, bigger things than you've ever gotten before. You'll dream bigger dreams than you've ever dreamed before. You'll have greater things than you've ever had before. If you'll just serve me. If you'll just get twisted together with me. Amen. 
So we, everybody say wait. wait. We wait upon the Lord. Now, real quick, let's go to, let's go to chapter, let's go to Matthew chapter 11. Jesus speaking to us in Matthew chapter 11. Remember, we're talking about faith for your life. You got to get it all. Or say, get it all. Say, get it, get it all. Verse 28, Matthew chapter 11. Jesus speaking, red letters in my Bible. Come unto me. Now, notice this. All that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Now, he's not talking about people, you know, uh, uh, that are having to do hard manual labor or work. He's talking on spiritual terms here. I'm telling you, there's some labor in serving God. There's some labor in building churches. There's some labor in going to the nations of the world. There's some labor that goes on in the spirit. There's some labor that you have to do in order to keep your family right. Keep your kids serving God. How many know that? There's some labor that goes on. Jesus know that, knew that. He said this. He said, come unto me. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I'm going to put a bigger burden on you. He said, I will give you rest. He says, take my yoke upon you. Learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. Meek, humble, submissive, moderate, pliable, lowly. Listen to this. Free from self-asserted pride, able to bow. Now Jesus is saying this about himself. I said, Jesus is saying, he said, I'm going to give you a little insight into my character. While I'm able to do the things that I do, while I'm on the earth revealing the very nature of God, if you want to see the Father, look at me. If you want to hear the Father, listen to me. If you want to see the miracles of the Father, look at these miracles. He says, but I'm meek. I'm not full of myself. I'm lowly. I'm free from self-asserted pride. I'm able to bow. Amen. Now you're not bowing to your problem. You're bowing to your Lord. Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart. And you shall find rest unto your soul. For my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Now notice. Come unto me. Everybody say, come unto me. Now, we have to understand what it means to come unto him. I'm sure if he was physically stand here, we'd just physically get up and come toward him. But he is the word of God. The spirit of So how do we come? We come to him through praise, worship, trust, faith, and fellowship. Now, let me say that again. Praise, worship, trust. Everybody say Trust. Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He shall direct your paths. Amen? Now notice. Come unto me. We praise Him. Praise Him for what He's done. Thank you, Jesus, that we're saved. Thank you, we're filled with the Holy Ghost. Thank you for healing power. 
Thank you for answers to prayer. Let me ask you a question. How many have ever had a prayer answered? Truly? Well, I mean, with all, you'd, you'd, you'd get on a lie detector and you'd say, there's no other way to describe this than God has answered my prayer. Then what makes you think he's not going to answer the one you're praying? Amen. You praise him. Thank you, Lord. Oh, for last year, I, I tell you, the enemy tried to attack me with that sickness, and you healed my body. Thank you for that financial breakthrough we had. Thank you, Lord, for what you've done, for what you're doing, for what you're going to do. Oh, I thank you. I praise you for your mighty acts. I praise you for your mighty deeds. You're God in heaven. You're God on the earth. You're God in my life. You're God in this circumstance. Amen. Then you worship him for who he is. I worship you, Jesus. I worship you. You are the King of kings. You are the Lord of lords. You are the great and mighty Word of God. You are the Alpha, the Omega. You are the beginning, the end, the first, the last. You are the author and the finisher of my faith. You empowered me to believe you. Now you will finish what you have empowered me to believe. Amen? Fellowship. Did you know when we come together as a church... There is a greater measure of the Lord Jesus Christ with us together than apart. You say, why? Because we are the body of Christ. That's why fellowship is so important. We come together in fellowship. Now listen, you must believe the promises of God. Amen? The promises of God position you in the plan of God. And these three things is what the enemy will attack in your life. He's going to attack the promises of God because he always attacks the Word. He did it in Jesus. He did it for Paul. He did it in Peter. He did it in all those apostles and everyone else that's ever served God from the day Jesus rose from the dead till now the enemy has come after every promise that any believer has dared to believe. He will try to steal your word. He will try to steal your revelation. You've got to stand on the promises of God. Remember we talked two weeks ago, three weeks ago, about building our house upon the what? Upon the rock, the foundation of the word of God. Well, what's your circumstance? I don't care. What's the doctor say? I don't care. What's the lawyer say? I don't care. What's the bank and the account? I don't care. I'm building my house upon the promises of God. And the Bible says of all the promises of God, they are in Him, yea, and in Him, amen, to the glory of God by us, which means they are not unfulfilled promises yet to be given. They are promises that have already been given unto us, that through the precious promises of God, we can partake of the divine nature of God. Position. God will position you for blessing. Anytime you get into a position in which God is going to bless you in that position, the enemy will attack your position. Amen. That's why he comes to a lot, what are you doing in that church? Well, God may have positioned you here. What are you doing around those faith? Man, there's a there's hundred other churches you can go through. Well, you're not going to hear anything like that. They're not, they won't talk about giving money and missions and world evangelism and all this kind of stuff. Why? Well, well, that takes too much of your time. That's, that's too busy. And, and some of those messages that get preached that put a demand upon your care. I mean, you, can, you don't need all of that. I mean, the enemy will attack your position. Amen. 
I'll tell you, there are people, I've seen them over the years, that have, that have left their position. And it's not that they've gone into abject sin or abject poverty or something. It's just that the rest of their life, they've just kind of lived this kind of... Uh, amen? You can't live like that. You have to protect your position. I said, you have to protect. Listen, as pastor, pastor of a church, listen, pastors want to give up every Monday morning. Amen? I mean, all it takes is a look at the crowd, a look at the offering. But I'm not that kind of pastor. You say, what do you mean you're not that? Uh, really, the, the, the temptation to give up doesn't even bother me. You say, why? Man, I'll preach to three people standing under a bridge. And I'll pastor them if that's what it takes. You say, what do you mean by that? Listen, I've spent enough years in sin and rebellion and away from God to realize any semblance of the will of God in my life is better than anything the devil has to offer. So I don't have that give up bone in me. Amen. I've been like that since I was a little kid. I rode a big old mean bull when I was about 16 years old. My parents weren't there that night, but in the finals they came. And I drew another bull. I should have rode. He jumped out there and started spinning. I was too confident. He flipped me off, but I wasn't going to let go. I just kept holding on. He started dragging me around the arena. The clowns were trying to get me undone. I could hear my mom screaming. Ah! <laughs> Amen. That bull had me doing some helicopters. But I wasn't going to let go. I didn't have any let go in me. There just wasn't no let go there. Till finally a clown got, got, got the rope out of my hand. Listen, you've got to make a decision in your life. God has positioned me for blessing. I hadn't gone through all I've gone through to end up where I'm at to not protect where I'm at. God has a promise. He has positioned me and His plan is coming forth through His promises and His positioning in my life. Amen. Now let me close with this. Oh, I'm doing good. I'm going to beat the Baptist to the restaurant today. We may not, amen. The first camp meeting I ever preached was in Corpus Christi, Texas, a church called Tabernacle of Praise. Sister Frances Ward was a speaker. I was a speaker. I was just out of Bible school. I couldn't believe that pastor had me come preaching his camp meeting, but he did. And then there was another uh, uh, evangelist there. He's gone on to be with the Lord named Gary Wood. Anybody remember Gary Wood or know him? And Gary's a nut. I love Gary. He's, I always love to preach camp meetings. Now, the first night Gary preached, the night before when Sister Ward preached, Gary got up at the end and said, Now I want everybody tomorrow night to bring your biggest pan and a big spoon. Everybody's looking at him like he's crazy. Well, the next night, everybody showed up with a big pan and a big spoon. And so Gary said this. He said, now, instead of saying amen, beat that pan. That was the craziest meeting I think I'd ever been in. <laughs> Tell the next night. Tell the next night. The next night, Gary came walking in, and he's dressed in army fatigues and combat boots. Now, let me tell you a little bit about Gary before I tell you the rest of this. Gary and his sister were on their way home from a Baptist theological seminary, which they were attending, 
and they were in a head-on collision and Gary went through the windshield of the car and literally cut his throat all the way to his spinal cord. Lay there bleeding out on the road, closed his eyes, opened them, and he was in heaven. He was in heaven. And he saw Jesus. And he was just so thankful that he was in heaven. And Jesus looked at him and said, you have to go back. He said, I don't want to go back. He said, yeah, but your sister. And he said, he pulled like it was a veil. He said, your sister keeps using that name. And he looked down and he could see the scene of the wreck. He could see the ambulances. He could see the wrecked car. He could see his body laying there and his sister with her hand on his chest saying, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. She, could, she keeps using that name. You got to go back. So he came back. He woke up in a hospital. All these stitches in his neck, all over his body. He's injured, broken arms, all kinds of stuff. In great pain. Second day, guess who come walking into his room? Same Jesus he saw in heaven. Touched him and said, now I'm going to heal you so you can go preach the gospel. Well, he began to, you know, write things out and tell people I'm going to go preach the gospel. Said, the doctor said, there's no way you can preach the gospel. Your vocal cords have been completely severed, cut in half. You will never speak again, much less preach. He ended up preaching for 50 years and singing with an operatic voice. And his vocal cords never healed. They remained split. So Gary was a little crazy, you know. I loved him. He's a great guy. So he came in that night dressed in army fatigues with a big sack over his shoulder. And he set that sack up on the platform and he preached and preached and preached and preached. Then as he finished his message, he took that sack and he started emptying out on the floor all across the front of the stage. And in that sack were rubber snakes, spiders, scorpions, all kinds of nasty stuff. And I'm sitting there and, and, and Mama Ward gigs me in the side and goes, Rusty, I believe this is the stupidest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> And I was thinking to myself, oh man, you know, Gary's a good guy, but he doesn't he cross the road, you know. So he's emptying this stuff out, but he's finishing his message. And he makes this statement. He says, now everybody up here, the devil's been giving you problems. I want you to come up here and start stomping on these st snakes and these spiders and all this stuff. Well, everybody just sat there. And one little lady from the back got up. She walked up there and she got over on a snake and she started working that snake over. <laughs> then another, someone, another gentleman came, another little, and there, next thing you know, there's three people up there, up there stomping on those snakes. Stomping those snakes. In about five minutes, the whole church was up at the front, me and Mama Ward. <laughs> And we're stomping on some snakes. You say, now why is it? Because sometimes it takes an act of faith to break through. So last night after prayer, Lee and I, we went to our favorite hamburger joint. And we went to Walmart. And we went to, we went to Target. And we couldn't find enough snakes and spiders. We looked. We found six snakes at Target and they were little. <laughs> hey man. You say, well what point are you trying to make? Well, I'm just going to 
in the spirit say this whole front of the church is knee deep in your problems. Financial problem, there's some problem with some kids, there's, you know, some, some car notes that hadn't been paid, there's, you know, there's a job that's being threatened, there's a, you know, a business that's having some issues, there's a couple of marriage things here and there, there's, you know, there's just a lot of snakes and stuff up here. Moving around. Amen? Something the doctor said. Amen? Something going on at your class. Uh, so, some students, some stuff going on. You know, all the, all the uh, 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 things that go on in school, not understanding this class, that class, not knowing what's going on here. Now. And see, sometimes all you need is an opportunity. Amen? He said, well, what do you mean an opportunity? All you need is an opportunity to act like what you believe is true. Because you're doing everything you know to do. You're praying. You're confessing the Word. You're standing on the Word of God. You're doing all the things you know to do. But sometimes you need to come to a service where some preacher is just crazy enough to tell you there's a bunch of junk up here, all up here in the altar, and it's waiting for you to come and put it under your feet. Amen? I said, under your feet. I said, under your feet. So if you feel like you got some stuff you want to stomp on, I want you to come up here and start stomping on the devil, on all the things he's trying to do. Just get to stomping. get up here. Come on, everybody. We're almost there. Everybody say, we're almost there. Come on, let's get everybody just pull up here. Now, don't stomp on somebody's foot. That happened to Leah. We were ministering to a bunch of people somewhere. Somebody stomped on her foot. Took her a week to get over it. Now, here's what we're going to do. The Bible says we're going to do what? We're going, this is going to twist us tighter, tighter together. But this is you're going to exchange strengths now. You see, man, my strength is so depleted. I am just barely, man, I'm bare, I, I'm, I, man, my, my nose is just barely above water. Well, what you're going to do is you're going to get rid of your strength and you're going to exchange strength with God right now. 
Now that's what the promise says. So all that takes is an act of faith. So I want everybody here right now, just start stomping. Come on. Come on. Just start stomping. Now, as you stomp, as you stomp, the Holy Ghost is going to start moving. And when it does, you start shouting. Hallelujah. Take a deep breath. Now lift your hands. Now I want you to praise him for what he's done for you. Oh, we thank you, Lord, for what you've done for us as a church. You've raised us up out of nothing. You've sent us to the nations of the world. You've given us signs and wonders and miracles. You've done great things in our midst, Lord. We worship and glorify you. We magnify your name, Lord. We exalt you for you are almighty God. Now, let's worship him. Oh, Jesus, we worship you for who you are. Oh, you're a good God. You're the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end. You're the first. You're the last. You are all in all. We thank you, Lord. Now, now I want you to put your hands on somebody around, just on their shoulders, real discreetly. And I want you to start praying for somebody on the right, somebody on the left. Start praying. Start bearing your brother's burdens in the Lord. Start praying for him right now. Just pray for him. Pray for him. Pray for strength. Pray for strength. Pray for endurance. Pray for him. Come on, pray, church. Pray for him. Oh, we pray, Lord. We pray for our brother. We pray for our sister. We pray, we pray, bless them, bless their finances. Thank you for healing in their body. We pray for their job, their children. We pray for their business. We pray that all that concerns them will be blessed. Oh, touch them, Lord, touch them, Lord, touch them, Lord. Give them the desires of their heart, Lord. Let the blessing of God come on them, Lord. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, we thank you, Father. Glory to God. Now lift your hands and worship him. Oh, we worship you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now say this out loud. Say, I'm not quitting. I'm not giving up on the dream that you, God, have put in my heart. I may have gotten weary, but I've not quit. I've not fainted. I'm here this morning. Your strength is flooding into my inner man. I'm receiving that strength right now. Jesus, seated at the right hand of the Father, I want you to know I have not forsaken your promises, that what you have done in my life. Holy Spirit, empower me, enlighten me. Let your strength, that which is supernatural, come upon me right now in Jesus' name. Devil, you are defeated.
defeated. You are under my feet. Get out of my mind. Get out of my body. Get out of my finances. Get out of my marriage. Get out of my household. In the name of Jesus, I declare your defeat. And Father, I thank you. I thank you for the breakthrough, for the breakthrough that I'm believing you for. I will, I will go to the other side in Jesus' name. Now shout and thank you. God. We'll go be seated. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. <laughs> Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, somebody shout to the Lord. Oh, we worship you, Father. We glorify your name. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Where's the, let's get the praise team back. Come on, praise team. Amen. Come on, praise team. Now, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to pray a, a dismissal prayer. But they're going to sing. Didn't y'all sing that song, I Will Give You Praise? with everything I am. And then we're going to sing that song. Amen? Amen? And so we'll sing through it a couple of times, and then after we sing through it, you can be dismissed. Amen? Amen. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in our midst. Lord, for, for the enemy being under our feet, for exchanging strengths with us, for putting in us a resolve, for putting in us a courage, to continue in the things of the Lord. Father, as we leave today, we thank you for your refreshing. We thank you for your reviving. We thank you for your blessing. Heavenly Fathers, is our tradition. We claim protection and safety over the travel, over the work of our hands, declaring in Jesus' name, no evil befalls us, no plague comes in our dwelling place. Angels have charge over us. So, Father, whether it be on the highways, the seaways, the railways, or any other way of travel or transportation, we thank you that we're protected by the Lord. Father, in all the labor of all the men and women that they do from Island Church, thank you for protection and blessing, business and at their jobs. Thank you for that door of utterance. We pray over all those we ministered to yesterday. The over a thousand people that received material, we thank you it's good seed sown in good soil and it shall bring forth the blessing of God. And Father, we thank you also as we leave today. We love you. We glorify you. We exalt you. We declare that you are mighty God. We exalt your name. Father, as we leave today, we walk in faith and love towards you and love toward one another. Thank you for our church. And we leave as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church. We're covered by the blood.
Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com.